So Memorial Day weekend has arrived, and with that comes, in so many ways, the beginning of summer and the time we can really start checking the standings. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks Crossover. I am your host for this, or at least the co-host for this voyage into the bottom of the baseball sea. My name is Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Over there is my once-a-week co-host. Please, please identify yourself. Miller Thomas, host of Locked on Dimebacks over here. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. You can look up the show account, Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter and Instagram. And please, please, please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube. Well, you can follow us at Locked on MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, those of you who've been listening to the show are probably sick to death of me saying this, but I'm going to say it again anyway. The season in my mind can be broken into three segments opening day to memorial day memorial day to the trade deadline trade deadline to the end of the season each one of those is roughly two months and each one of those two months is a critical turning point that you can have in terms of judging your team the idea of it's too early to look at the standings it's too early to judge a team that time has passed. We are now in some, some summertime, some, some summertime. Summer. And we can now, we can take a look at our teams and have a realistic look at which teams are surprising us and could build upon that, which teams are really devastatingly disappointing. And as we go on, especially in the second segment, I'm going to go over a little bit of my own personal metric Mm. which I have to calculate whether or not a team is having the summer that their fans deserve. So look at, um, oh, and, and just quickly, by the way, so there is no confusion. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So, hey, uh, Miller, hey. tell us a little bit about some of the teams that are contending and which teams are surprising. And I'm very glad you haven't rubbed it in my face that the Diamondbacks beat the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, they only beat them in the finale because the Red Sox were able to take two games, the first two games of the series, despite Rafael Devers not playing. But I think probably the biggest surprise of the season is probably the Arizona Diamondbacks, where it's still their third best record in the National League, one of the highest scoring teams in all of baseball, number two in runs scored in the National League. They lead the National League in batting average as well. Their pitching has been just fine. I mean, Merrill Kelly put on a masterclass performance in Sunday's win. So the D-backs have two frontline elite starters. They got great offense. And so that team is clicking and buzzing right now so i think they probably are the biggest surprise at least in the national league um during the first half of the season but probably in the american league i think a team that we discussed a lot in the offseason because they gave out a huge contract to a pitcher who always gets hurt in jacob Degrom. but the texas rangers are making a lot of noise right now in the aos their run differential on the season is plus 123 which leads the american league 
better than the Tampa Bay Rays. And that's, of course, of us uh, recording this at 421 p.m. on Sunday. So this Texas Rangers team, I mean, they've gotten great contributions from the Ardalis Garcias of the world. The Simeons and Corey Seegers have been pretty good. I mean, Seegers has been like in and out the lineup, but Simeon has been pretty good. The rotation, I mean, they got a whole bunch of above average major leaguers in that rotation. I mean, of course, DeGrom, he's been hurt a lot of the season, but we still have Martin Perez, Nathan Avaldi. You got rookies like Josh Young stepping up. This Rangers team has been a great surprise. They've been dominant offensively all season, and it's one of the teams I'm going to be looking out for for the rest of the season to see if there's a regression hit coming for them because I think they're super talented, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they make a little run in the playoffs. Well, you know, I've been extraordinarily critical of the Texas Rangers and Bryce Patrick, our dear friend from Lockdown Rangers, uh, texted me to remind him that I said a bunch of bad things about the Rangers going into the season. And I've been, you and I have been critical of them. Uh, and he says a Ranger Twitter is going to come at us with guns ablazing. Uh, and I said, bring it on. I, I, I do think they've had, I think Bochi has been the biggest acquisition that they've made this year. I think Bochi knows how to handle his staff, knows how to handle a pitching staff and he knows which buttons to press. And this is why he's a hall of fame manager. You know, and sometimes mm-hmm. a manager is, you know, you know, there have been Hall of Fame managers who joined a team where things didn't work out. Like we saw what happened with Joe Madden when he went to the Angels. And, you know, Jim Leland is, an, I think, should be in the Hall of Fame as a manager. And he had a disastrous season with the Colorado Rockies. You know, there's sometimes it doesn't work. But I think Bochi with this team and with this talent has been uh, a perfect, perfect fit. And is it means that you're going to have an exciting, you know, the potential for an exciting summer in uh, Texas. Now, we talked yet. We talked last week about some of the disappointing teams. You know, we brought up San Diego and everything. I'll tell you the thing that is interesting when you have a disappointing division, because mm-hmm. right now the American League Central is a mess. Yeah. And the National League Central isn't much better. Which means all of a sudden, as we're recording this, the Detroit Tigers are only a game out of first place. Disgusting. (laughs) It's disgusting, but it's there. And the Cincinnati Reds, who had a wonderful, you know, they're they're a wonderful series against uh, the the Chicago Cubs, who are spiraling. Um, The Reds are only a few games out of first, despite being a sub-500 team. They're only a few games out of first, and they have a bunch of hitters and players who are playing very well in the minor leagues. Thank you very much. You know, if you're the Reds or if you're the Tigers, and you know, obviously the Pirates are just barely out of first place at this point, and you're like, let's, you know, there's a real chance for you to do something positive with your team right now. Yes, that it's because St. Louis has been disastrous because Cleveland's been a ma- massive disappointment so far. Minnesota has been first place, but nominally, I mean, they want up they you know, they've dropped going into Memorial day. They've dropped seven of their last 10 games, you know, like they played the blue Jays over the weekend. It was like, well, technically someone has to win this series. Um, I think you could see some team going into this middle third. And this is why I break it down like this. If you're the tigers, if you're the reds going like, wait a second, what are we doing? Um, let's let's improve the team we 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 if no one else wants it 
Let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's go for it. You know, normally I would agree, but I don't know what a playoff berth would even do for those teams because you still look at those teams on paper and you're like, if they do make the playoffs, they're not doing anything in the postseason. Like both these centrals, I'm just like, I don't care which of those division winners make it to the postseason. Like they're not going to do anything. And so I'm like, I would think I would just rather concede the season. Like if I'm the Cincinnati Reds, what does winning 85 games, winning the NL Central and making the postseason even do for me as a team? I think I would rather just go back in the lottery with a chance at getting the number one pick if I'm the Cincinnati Reds and be like, you know what? Let me actually still try to auction off my players. Even though it's crazy that they're kind of in this race for the division. It's like if Luke Weaver's my number one starter or Hunter Green's my number one starter entering a postseason, like do I really have any chance of doing anything? Like most of the time we've seen the last few years, we've got your NL wildcard teams like the Philadelphia Phillies and the Padres and Braves make some noise. But are the Reds or the Tigers on any of those teams level when it comes to talent? Absolutely not. So I think it would honestly be kind of foolish to think, oh, because I'm the Tigers with Eduardo Rodriguez and Spencer Torkelson, let me go out there and try to win the division because we're going to make some real noise in the postseason this year. Allow me to retort. Okay. You partially retorted, you know, by the fact that the the we saw the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, I don't think anyone was comparing to the 1927 Yankees last year when they made the postseason that they were the definition of an afterthought. They weren't supposed to get past St. Louis. And they got to within two freaking wins of the winning the World Series. You know, there are instances, but, you know, also, and again, what if, and this is a strange concept to say out loud, what if you give your fans a reason to show up? You give your team a reason to wake up in the morning and play hard. You have a fun season. You have a season where all of a sudden you go like, hey, I thought this was, I thought this was going to be a dead year in Detroit. I thought this was going to be a meaningless year in Cincinnati. And all of a sudden, some of those young players, you give them their first taste of being involved in a real pennant race and say, all right, we did that. And maybe sometimes that first step is what you need to build upon. Or I don't know, isn't it more fun? I mean, you're with the Diamondbacks. Isn't this mm-hmm. year more fun than it was a couple of years ago when they were like a hundred lost team? I agree. Isn't but it more season- fun to walk in to say, hey, our team doesn't stink this year? But I think we're conflating saying the Phillies who've made as a wildcard team, even this D-backs team with two teams who I think on paper are just atrocious. And because of the divisions that they play in, they are are on a higher level and we're viewing them through a different prism just because of the division we play in. There's no Bryce Harper on this Cincinnati Reds or Detroit Tigers team that could take over a postseason and just be the best player in the world and carry your team to the World Series. Unless you're telling me Miguel Cabrera at age 40 or Jonathan Indy on the Cincinnati Reds is heating up. I don't see the talent for those teams to get over the hump so it's like I, I i agree to the point of the pennant race the the players should try to get as much experience in that but once those teams are in it the last couple of weeks so why not just you know play in that pennant race you know have that good month of september where you're in it you're like we're a couple games back and you know what that final week just tank just say, you know what? We were in the pennant race. We didn't make the playoffs. It's okay. We still had a great season, and we had you thinking we were in it until the end. Well, look, at that sets up what I want to talk about in our second half Ooh. in a very big way. What a but look, at just because they're a long shot doesn't mean you should maybe put your money on a little bit. If you're going to be doing that, may I recommend you head over to FanDuel. Now, truth be told, we're recording this before we know what happens in the Celtics and the Heat game. So, hey, all I do is this. 
Denver's in it. And whether they're Denver's playing the Celtics or Denver's playing the Heat or by some loophole, Denver's playing the Lakers again, you can go to FanDuel because they got the no sweat first bet. Oh, wait a second. I got to do more than talk about FanDuel there. Okay, it's up there. Okay, I did. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. I'm, gonna, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going here. You know, FanDuel's got the no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's more money than the A's are spending on their players this year. And do you know what? If you use FanDuel, you can get a safe and secure app which you need to have when you're making bets. You get paid instantly, and they get that the money. And there's no better place to bet all the playoff action, whether it's Stanley Cup, whether it's the NBA Finals, or whether it's the Detroit Tigers versus the Cincinnati Reds in the World Series. That's right. It's a rematch of the 1940 World Series, which I remembered right off the top of my head. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the National Basketball Association. off there mm. all right we're here with miller thomas we're doing a lockdown crossover here memorial day edition now those of you been following the podcast i know i have been over the years know that i post who owns baseball every day on sully baseball but i'm doing something else and i've done this for each of the last couple of years and it is based upon my notion of what a baseball team's Purposes. What is the purpose of a baseball team? What is the job of a baseball team? What is the baseball team there to provide? Miller Thomas. Win games or provide entertainment doing so. Provide entertainment for the summer. It is summer entertainment. Mm. It is that is its purpose. It is not there. Oh, let's go to the game. All right. The every team should put their best players on the field. And try to win. They should. They should. That's what they should do. That's entertaining. I'm not saying they're going to win. But inevitably, there's some teams that will not win. But a baseball team's job is to provide entertainment for the summer. That's what Cincinnati and Detroit have to be thinking one way. Wait, Ooh. are we doing our jobs by providing entertainment for the summer or turning it to your fans say, well, what we're trying to do is develop a new draft strategy. Da, 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 da. Sometimes it's the good thing to punt. A few years ago, the Astros punted. They traded everything that wasn't nailed down. And a lot of the players that got back in return in some of those trades wound up being part of the team that cheated their way to the 27 World Series title. The Cubs did the same thing. But if you have a chance, if you have, see, we're in a division and uh, no one else wants this. Mm, let's let's take it. Now, the last couple of years, I have developed my own. Obviously, I have my Who Owns Baseball stat. I have another stat, which I keep a track of, which is called the summer score. Ooh. And every year, this is how the summer score works. 
basically what I try to do is I try to create a tally to see who has the largest tally at the end of the season to see, did you provide your fan base with an entertaining summer? And some of the teams that have a decent summer score didn't make the playoffs, but their fans got some entertainment. Here's how you calculate it. Every day from Memorial Day to like, – there's, there's no – it doesn't start until after Memorial Day because before Memorial Day, it's just the early part of the season. It's too early to tell. But between Memorial Day and the 1st of July, every day when you wake up and your team's in a playoff spot, your team gets one point. Between July 1st and July 31st, every day you wake up in the morning and your team is in a playoff spot, they get two points. Mm. It means a little more. It's a little later in the season. That makes sense. Between August, between July, uh, the between the end of July and the end of August, for basically for the month of August, every day you're in a playoff spot, you get three points. Whoa. Between September 1st and the end of the season, every day you're in a playoff spot. How many? You get, you get four. Whoa. And in that month of September, every day you wake up and you're within a game of a playoff spot. You How get many? One. You get wow. a one. So basically, it's like, oh, you wake up. Oh, we could we could be in a playoff spot by the end of the day. So obviously, if you wake up in September and you're a playoff team, you're like, oh, man, it could happen. OK, so what I'm going to do is this. I didn't tell you I was going to do this. Mm-mm. I did this for the 2021 and 2022 seasons. A perfect summer score. From from May 31st to the end of the regular season in 2021, the White Sox, the Rays, the Astros, uh, the wait, yeah, the the no, no, sorry. The White Sox, the Rays, the Dodgers and the Giants had perfect summer scores. Wow. Now the Astros were one off because they were not in first place on May 31st. The teams that had high summer scores were the uh, the Astros 321, the Red Sox 312, and then you saw like the Yankees. The Yankees went months between being in the playoff team. Then they had a great second half of the season, so they had they uh, 167, which was just barely ahead of the Oakland A's, the Oakland A's who didn't make the playoffs in 2021, but were a so it didn't make the postseason at all, but gave their fans a 164 summer score. The Blue Jays gave their fans a 53 summer score. The Cleveland Indians, and they're finally being called the Indians, Gave them a five summer score. The Dodgers and Giants had perfect summer scores. The Brewers had a huge summer score. The Padres in 2021, a season that they finished sub 500, had a 200 summer score. Even though they finished sub 500, they were still a playoff team on September 13th because they had a great run and they had a horrible collapse. Same thing for the Mets. The Padres had a higher summer score than the eventual World Series champion Braves. Last year, the only teams that had perfect summer scores were the Astros, the Yankees, oddly the Blue Jays, who fired their manager midway through the season, the Dodgers, the Mets, 
and the Padres. The Phillies didn't become a playoff team until July. And a team like Milwaukee, who missed the playoffs altogether, had a triple-digit summer score. Believe it or not, the Red Sox had a summer score of 53 last year. And the Orioles, had a, the Orioles had a summer score of six, and the Angels had a summer score of seven. So basically, you take a, and in the end, it kind of evens out. Yeah, the Angels had a rotten year, but they had to in the playoffs for a couple of days, and then, that, then it was over. So I calculate this because those are teams, and some of those teams missed the playoffs altogether. And yet, their fans had fun during the summer. They were able to go. Now, they may not have seemed like fun when they, when they wound up losing the division in September. But guess what? That's not the summer. It's J- June, July, August. Oh, we're having fun watching our team. That's the purpose of a baseball team. I want an anti-summer score for the Oakland A's this year because I want to see how many losses they can rack up. I want to see them be the first 35 and 127 team to just finish the season with by far the worst record. And I want to see what that summer score would be where for every loss that they get, they get one point added to their summer score. Just think as recently as August 23rd, 2021, an A's fan could wake up and say, our team's a playoff team today. Whew. What happened to the talent? Uh, sent away. Gone. Sent away. That is the summer score. Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks, I need you to say to me okay. which team you think is about to break out. Oh, which team I think is about to break out? Okay, yeah. I like their game in the second half of the season. There's some yeah. definitely some strong contenders. I mean, maybe the Yankees get healthy. You could pick a younger team like the Miami Marlins if you want. But for a nice second half breakout team, I think as they start to get healthy, I think health is a big question for this team because they're currently 500 at the time of us recording this podcast, but they're still loaded with talent. They got a new owner a few years ago who's not afraid to spend money on this team and come the deadline. They might try to add more talent to this roster because the budget is never too large for this squad. I'm talking about the New York Mets, who are currently 27 and 27 at the time of us recording this. Verlander, who's starting to get healthy. Scherzer's been there for a lot of the season, but both of those guys haven't exactly clicked or looked like the salary that they're getting paid. So I think if those guys could start to heat up, even a guy like Francisco Lindor, we all thought he was back last year. But if you honestly look at his stats during his three years with the New York Mets, he's kind of underperformed to where he was in Cleveland. So if you can get him going in the second half, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear gets going, maybe your rookie Francisco Alvarez and your rookie Sanga pick it up in the second half. Like I think there's so many players on this Mets team that are, you know, maybe star level quality, all-star level players that we consider, but are not exactly playing up to standards. I think if their better players start to pick it up in the second half, that's a team that could definitely break out because I think they're still so loaded with talent. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, made some real noise post Memorial Day. I think you're I think you're right on that. Um, I I think the Mets are going to have a very good second third of the season. Um, I think the Astros are about to just go on a rampage. I mean, the Astros have played very, very well. I mean, they've won eight of their last 10 games, you know, but it helps to go to Oakland. Um, Oakland's probably going to lose their 50th game before they win their 15th, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, I, I think the Astros are about to just, just turn into a Godzilla film 
are pretty soon. Thank you for making Lockdown Nine Backs your first listen every day. Don't forget to catch every D Backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the SiriusXM app and search up Diamondbacks. On tomorrow's podcast, we'll have part two with Sully Baseball, where we discuss one more team, one more team that we disagree on that we think will either pop or regress in the second half. And then, of course, we'll break.